deep dive, a big special episode. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm good, Trent, mate. How are you doing? Oh, we're ready. Welcome to our guest, the forward from the Melbourne Football Club, Sam Wiedemann. How are you, mate? I'm very well, guys. Thank you for having me on. Oh, nah, thanks for joining yeah, us, it's, mate. Uh, been looking forward to this this day. A um, couple, couple of little hiccups early on uh, before we got there, but understandable. So, yeah, really looking forward to having you on as our first player interview. Yeah, exactly, and after a day of training as well, so we won't keep yeah, you up too late. Nah, much appreciated, buddy. No problem, so, guys. I'm very excited. Thanks, mate. We, we did a little bit of a, an interview before this that you can see on Beyond the Game TV. So, Ed, um, who's obviously part of the Beyond the Game team, and um, the Deep Dive team as well. He does a, a new series that's coming up soon called Beyond the Quarantine, um, where he's essentially interviewing not just athletes, he had a bit of a chat with Sam just now as well, but also interviewing people within the sports industry around how quarantine's affected them and how it's affected their business. So whether it's photographers and um, you know marketers, marketers and, and also to get a, a player insight from Sam was fantastic. So we probably won't go into the corona so much in this episode. We're going to Talk a bit more about the footy and yeah, um, about the footy like we normally try to do. We'll try and stick to the normality a little bit. Um, But if you are interested in that, definitely check out that series because it does sound really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's get into it. So I guess we can start with it a little bit. I mean, how's how's it been, mate? Like in terms of you know um, chatting with the club, like how how things been coordinated and meetings. Is it has it are you a bit used to it now? Does it still feel a bit weird? Yeah, so we've been in it for about two weeks now, and Mm -hmm. um. Man, it was bizarre beforehand in, in isolation. It was a weird time, but I think once we got all back together, it was just sort of back into routine, and I think that's what everyone was craving. Um, yeah, yeah, but like I think it's a, a bit it's a bit strange in little groups that we are for about four days a week, and then the other two are in the full group, which probably everyone looks forward to. Um, but I think yeah, we're all getting a, a handle on it now, and it's becoming yeah a, a r- routine, as I said before. But yeah, we're we're loving it. Yeah, because I mean, it's part of the big drive around AFL and other team sports is that camaraderie. And I guess the only time you're ever in isolation is when you're part of the rehab group uh, from injury. So it must have been very foreign ground for the the vast majority uh, until you're able to get back into, I guess, initially those small groups for uh, training and now obviously being allowed to do contact and, and bigger groups. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I was able to um, train with Jake Lever over the isolation break. And as much as I love Jake, I think I was getting a bit sick of him at the time. <laughs> I think we were, we were probably getting a bit sick of each other, um, if we're honest. So yeah. It, was, um, yeah, it was good to change that up. Um, and yeah, I, as I said, being a part, back a part of the group is something everyone looked forward to. And yeah, we're sort of, I think it's probably created a stronger bond between us all, I think, because being away from each other makes makes the heart grow fonder, I think. And um, it's uh, yeah, it's been great. Awesome. And um, were you guys pilfering the gyms as well, getting all the equipment out of there, or have you got your own little setup there, or how's that how's that gone? Yeah, we are. Uh, we were first into Casey. It was first in best dress to try and steal all the <laughs> all the weights. So we had to get all the dumbbells. Um, yeah, so a lot of us bigger boys, we tried to get in really quick so we can um, work on our beach weights and all that sort of stuff, which was which is good. Um, yeah, but what, once we uh, got all that sorted, it was uh, it was a lot easier, especially with all the equipment. Because um, if we didn't, it would have been a, a bit of a challenge getting back into it. A lot of sore boys, I would imagine. I saw some footage of one of the LA Dodgers boys um, threw a baseball flush through the kitchen window and his wife wasn't too pleased. I guess, how, how, how is spacing for you there, mate? Are you, are you able to do a bit of practice in your own environment? 
Uh, yeah, I'll, in my household, it's, it's a little bit compact, but um, there's a little space in the garage where I can do a lot cool. of my work, and um, it's a good, yeah, it's a good little space to get away and sort of do my own thing. I think I had a lot of time to think in isolation, and I think that little space was um, my little man cave, I guess, and yeah, um, yeah, made the most of it for sure. Yeah, so to- so talking about that, you you had uh, hip operation post last season. So were you still yeah. in rehab um, coming into to round one, and then obviously into the the break, or were you out of uh, rehab and starting to get into conditioning and, and full training? No, nah, so I had both my hips done about six weeks before the season ended because I I broke my jaw as well. So they decided to get three surgeries done in four weeks, which was yeah, right. yeah. a bit crazy. Um, I had a, yeah, I was getting used to the anesthetic pretty quickly and yep. it wasn't, wasn't a good feeling. <laughs> um, but, um, once, uh, yeah, well, so once I got that done, I was able to get back a little bit quicker. Um, so I got back a couple of weeks before Christmas, um, had a good block of training leading into round one, um, uh, played both JLT games and then unfortunately injured my ankle pretty badly in that second JLT, which probably hampered my, um, my preparation into round one and just didn't lead to selection, unfortunately. Selection, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully that, that changes in round two and lucky I've got a clean slate now, which is good. Yeah, noticed that on the website that you weren't on the injured list. So all things going to well, you'll obviously put your hand up and hopefully the uh, the selection committee say uh, you're, you're needed in, in the key forward position there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the plan. So hopefully... Uh, yeah, hopefully things go my way, and yeah, yeah if you, if you can try and get on to Goody and put the good word in, I'll do my I'll do my best. I'll uh, I'll give uh, I'll give uh, Mark Evans a call and see if he's got his number. Absolutely, <laughs> that'd be good. Excellent. Um, I was just going to say just around the documentary that you guys did over the off season. I really enjoyed it to Helen back. It was really interesting, um, and it's quite topical now, obviously with the. The Jordan documentary that's just come out, I'm not sure if you've seen The Last Dance, but there's obviously so much conversation now around player access and, and you know, now Amazon obviously doing these documentaries um, with AFL clubs. H- how did that feel doing that documentary? Uh, it was great. I thought the idea initially I was so excited about because it, it's just something we don't get probably enough yeah. in the AFL. I think that behind the scenes access is something like the fans crave and I think watching, as you said, like the last dance and the mm. test on Amazon about the cricketers, it was so good and I enjoyed that. I think we should encourage the AFL to do that more because it was um, very enjoyable to watch and to be a part of it was even more exciting. And I don't, Melbourne aren't part of the Amazon series, are they? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think no. they were selected. I did hear. I was going to say, I think you would know, mate. You'd, yeah. have, you'd have another yeah. person in that room filming this. They, yeah. they've, kept that, they've kept that pretty under wraps, but I know I know Adelaide. Adelaide well, you might be able to tell me more, but I know Adelaide, I know a few other, but apparently it's been really good so far. Yeah. And they're basically the only people that have been allowed into the into the hub situation as well. So that's oh, going right. to make I didn't even know they were going ahead with any No, no, it, 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 oh, it cool. did go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Mate, no, it did. I know definitely oh, awesome. Adelaide, um, for one, have. One Colin of, would have as well. One of, uh, I can't remember what player was interviewed on, SE Annie, and he was saying that uh, uh, it was Sloaney's time uh, for a few days to have someone literally on his shoulder uh, following him for two or three days oh. uh, and, and how he's going about training in isolation. And then, obviously, when they were coming back, it was about that same time. So, yes. Be interesting to see how that all unfolds, but yeah, they they're oh, yeah. definitely given uh, special um, treatment uh, being Amazon. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be pretty raw. Sorry, mate. You go. You go. No, no, no. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm very, yeah, I'd be very keen to watch that. That'd be good vision. Yeah, well, apparently they were with players when they found out the SA, for example, they were with the Crows boys when they found out they had to had to go to the Gold Coast. So it's going to be a pretty, pretty oh, interesting right. scenario there. Got another curveball for the documentary for sure. Absolutely, and, and as as yeah. you both have noted, and a lot of lot of uh, um, people have talked about over the uh, social media, Twitter, and whatnot around the last dance. I mean, I grew up watching those uh, Bulls teams so I, I knew a lot about the actual on-court performance but not a lot of that behind the scenes to, to think that I mean Melbourne's a good example or a St Kilda like teams that have been starved of premiership success if there was all this footage going on behind behind the scenes over one or two years I mean to have that there post a premiership drought or whatnot would be fantastic for a like the players that are involved but especially the supporter base and and, and the greater afl community I, I mean i would love to have seen behind the scenes footage of, of my team during the 70s the 70s and 80s when they broke their shackles to become the power a powerhouse so mm. hopefully uh, all the players and the teams embrace it and it's something we can move forward with because it, it just adds that another level of uh uh, professionalism and another dimension of um, spectator um, analysis and, and enjoyment, I guess, towards the game. Yeah, and I guess in connection to that, I, you know, at the moment, it's it's going to be pretty interesting to see in the next little bit how, and it'd be really interesting to hear your opinion on this in terms of how things are going to go with the media and its relationship with the AFL. Obviously, with things all normal, you know, teams really had the budgets to build up their media departments and do things more and more internally. I'd imagine with the cuts that will come and are coming and have already started, it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult. Do you think that might lead for a little bit more access from the external media or how, how do you think that's going to play out? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I think um, it's obviously a very difficult time for everyone in terms mm. of like job security and all that sort of stuff. But I think, yeah, I, I reckon it probably will lead to probably a little bit more access because um, they're going to try a few different different things, probably a new a few new things. So I think, yeah, I think probably will lead to more access, and I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell at the moment. Yeah. And just um, from a Melbourne perspective, your personal perspective, uh, your media liaison or uh, media manager, are, are they teaching or, or being proactive about um, players and, and how you – present yourself in front of the camera and being mindful that obviously everything, especially with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, that uh, your words and your actions uh, are, can be portrayed in a certain light. And obviously we've got a Chad, Chad Wingard um, come out and put himself in a self-imposed band, which is his right and all that type of stuff. But in light of that, yeah, if you've been told certain things that you need to be mindful of or is that just part and parcel of being an AFL footballer these days? Yeah, a lot of it's, um, yeah, you've got to sort of be switched on from the get-go, like as soon as you become an AFL player. But especially recently with everything that's been going on, uh, not so much in the recent days that everything you just spoke about, but we um, during the pandemic especially, they gave us sort of certain, I don't know, certain guidelines to follow when when facing the media and, and yeah. how to sort of, present the club and, and our brand in, in, in a positive way. And um, we're getting a lot of um, a lot of training about that. So it's not, not that it's rehearsed, but it's just uh, 
a few different yeah guidelines and, and protocols to follow just so we can yeah stay positive and um represent the brand in the right way yeah awesome and with those i guess those guidelines have there been further things for you obviously during this period the worst case scenario for the afl is for one of you guys to get sick and obviously so far all the all the tests have come back positive and that's obviously been great but have you got any further guidelines that you've got to adhere to in terms of how many people you can see? Is it more extreme than the external community, or is it about the same? Or yeah, so we're um, we were pr- we're still very strict. I um, I'm not allowed to see anyone except my partner and the and the players. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I haven't really been able to see my family for a long period of time, which has mm. been unfortunate but um yeah it's a it's a difficult time for everyone but we've got to make sure we we stay on top of it like we're getting tested two times a week um and yeah it's really training home and that's about it it's uh until they sort of reassess and see how it's all going um we're going to still be pretty under under some strict restrictions so yeah it'd yep. be interesting to see how it goes absolutely um so Talking about your family, that leads into uh, one of the questions uh, I was going to leave for later, but we've mentioned family. Um, this coming Monday, obviously, would normally be the, the Queen's birthday match between the D's and the Pies. And for all our listeners who might not be aware um, or have forgotten, uh, your ties, your your dad and your granddad uh, both played at the Pies, your, your grandfather in particular been quite a famous name at Collingwood and in, in the AFL overall. Uh, obviously, from an AFL perspective, it's one of the bigger games of the season. Obviously, a lot of people are going to be missing out on, on, on a big spectacle and the big freeze now that usually goes along with that. But for you, having that connection, being on the other side, um, being at the Ds, uh, is, is it a game that you personally... Um, draw a lot more significance to knowing that your, your old man and your, and your pop played played for Collingwood and um, and between the three of you is there a little bit of uh, friendly banter uh, around that game when it, when you do play it? Yeah, definitely. Um, there is a oh, we we throw a few little punches in uh, <laughs> in the family about about that game especially and I was lucky enough to play in it last year for the first time and. I think it, it was very exciting for me. I think with so much history at Collingwood and the family, it was um yeah it was just pretty special to play in, in such a big spectacle like the Freeze M and D game. Yeah. Um, there was just so much hype around it, and just the crowd was amazing, and it was just yeah it was fantastic. And I think um yeah, Grandpa he, he loved watching it. It was a pretty special moment for him to see my, myself playing against his old team, and same with Dad. It's a was a very special occasion, and yeah, it did mean a lot to me. Yeah, awesome. Because your 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 grandpa, and you've been open about it. He's been pretty pivotal in your development as a footballer, hasn't he? Um, coming through Eastern, and then obviously again drafted um, and and being a key forward. Yeah, he he was early. I he sort of um, let me do my own thing as I, as I got older. It was more he sort of handed the reins over to my dad, and dad's yep. been with me since I was a, a, a young kid, and um, I go to him for all my advice now, and um yeah he's been awesome so yeah grandpa's taken a little bit of a step back and um we just talk about life and not so much football as much anymore and uh, i think that's a a good part of our relationship yeah brilliant and obviously unfortunately you're not playing the pies on monday but how have you felt with the the fixtures so far and the way they're doing it with the the blocks and, and and breaking it up into pieces and kind of releasing it piece by piece and I guess in connection to that, do you, do you feel this season's fair? Will it have an asterisk on it? Does it seem like it's still a very much a legitimate season for for the team? 
Yeah, I, I'm hearing a lot about the uh, sort of asterisks next to the season, but yeah, we, we, we play everyone. We play everyone. Yeah. There's still premiership points on, and there's a premiership up for grabs. So I don't think there's an asterisk at all. I think it's going to be a very special season, and I think to win a to win a grand final in this period is going to be um, it's going to be tough, but it'd be uh, yeah, very special if if a team can do that. Um, and hopefully, it's us, but. It's uh yeah to be very tough to win, but we're we're looking forward to it. And then I think in the the smaller blocks of the rounds uh, makes it makes it exciting, and but it also keeps uh, your sort of mind on the job, and you don't have to look too far ahead. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see who we come up in the come up against in the next block. Yeah, exactly, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, um, obviously some a few few notable changes in the um, the off season at Melbourne, and the big one. Um, with a fairly reputable resume, um, Darren Burgess, obviously very uh, strong links to the EPL, having worked with Arsenal and Liverpool before that and a little stint at the Socceroos, uh, very highly regarded uh, within the uh, sports uh, performance fields, like uh, not just from uh, football codes, but across the board, uh, highly regarded. What's the impact and, and I guess... The, the different strategies, not obviously in detail, but that he's been able to bring to, to Melbourne and, and do you feel that compared to this time 12 months ago, do you, do you, as a playing group and you personally, do you feel like you're physically in, in, in a better position to be able to take that next leap from the previous year where you obviously went fairly deep in, in the finals and had a really good run compared to uh, the 2019 season? Yeah, I think so. I think immediately when we met um, Burjo, he he just he sensed he had a passion for the game, and his professionalism is incredible. I think the knowledge he's had and the experience he's had at so many different like, different codes and being overseas with Arsenal, I think he just has such a good feel for players and a whole team in that environment. So right off the bat, it was very impressive. He gave us our uh, off-season programs, and we just knew we were going to hit the ground running and. I think, um, as you mentioned before, that our our preparation for this season has been uh, amazing in terms of our bodies, our body shape, and our fitness. Um, it's going to set us up for for this year, and even our um, our preparation over the isolation will um, hopefully hold us in really good stead. But I can't speak highly enough of him. I think everything he says, you believe in, and I think that's so important. The the um, respect he's built with the playing group has been, um, yeah. Terrific, and we're very excited to have him. Yeah, awesome. Because um, he yeah, some insider rumours of, uh, especially in the preseason, he uh, he put you through some hard drills, uh, a lot of a lot, a lot of in, interval um, sprints, uh, and you thought your session had finished for recovery, and then you got down the beach and uh, had to do something fairly similar on the sand. Is that is that correct? There, I've tried to erase that from my memory, but yeah, that's uh, that's true. We had to. Um, yeah, a lot of hundreds. I think we had uh, 100 hundreds and four 1Ks and then we thought we were done and then he sent us down to the beach for a, a wrestling session. So that was loads <laughs> of fun. But um, I think he, yeah, you think he's trying to torment us, but yeah, he want, wants the best for us and he did it with a smile on his face. So yeah, awesome. It's, uh, it's all that matters. Brilliant. So we were obviously able to get, you know, great access to seeing some of that in, into Hell and Back. But has he been able to, has he been like Zooming with you guys and kind of continuing bits and pieces in isolation? How has that, how has that been able to continue? 
Yeah, so each week he'd send us our programs um, and check in on how we're going, Um, just making sure we're doing it at the right intensity, the reasons we're doing each each session, and um, and what what's to come, I suppose, when we come back. So he was sort of expecting he was sort of doing a little week to week planning, and I think that worked so well, Uh, and it set us up to go straight into full footy when we came back, and that's all we wanted to do. We didn't really want to do loads and loads of running but because we've done that in the isolation period we're, mm. we're able to go straight into match play and it's um yeah been a seamless transition it's been good i see and the other big uh change obviously the captaincy um uh with big maxi taking over from viney it's fair to say uh neither of them are cut from the same mold uh quite different characters um from an outsider perspective uh, i'm assuming that translates into their uh, captaining philosophy uh, and if that's the case what's I guess what's Max brought uh, to the playing group um, and what's his uh, captaincy style like and what do you um, think yeah. of his hair? oh yeah what do you think <laughs> of his hair yeah. I, I love his hair at the moment I think it's great but I don't know how much longer he can continue with it um, yeah he should probably just got to look a bit more like a captain I think from yeah. the outside um, but yeah he's been fantastic I think um he has such a great re- uh, relationship with all the players. I think everyone loves to get behind him because he's such a, a passionate figure and such a, a lovable figure around the club and around the public. I think very well respected by the AFL yep. um, AFL public. And yeah, it's it's fantastic having him on. And I think um, him being captain's brought a different, I think um, it's a different personality for sure and a different way to lead. But I think Jack Jack was also terrific in the way he went about it, but it was just a very different style. And he's still the vice captain, so they can both lead lead by example. And I think we've got a very good leadership team setting us up for this year. Because you hear they do work very well together, even though they've got different styles. I mean, would you say that? I mean, you you hear that Jack's is a bit more direct, and you know, Gorney might put your arm around uh, around you a little bit more. Is that a, a bit correct or a bit of a balance? Yeah, or? they do. They complement each other quite well. I think. Okay. Gorney's that sort of jovial type and loves to have a laugh, but also he's, he's sort of got a great balance. And Jack, Jack's also the same. He loves to enjoy himself, but he's very, um, very passionate, very driven, loves to get hard work done, um, and he likes to push other other players. So they do. They, they complement each other really well, and I think it's a great balance in our leadership group, definitely. I guess as well, I wouldn't mind chatting a bit about the tactics and how not – obviously, you're not going to – you don't want you to go into anything specific, but – you know, Melbourne season last year obviously wasn't, you know, exactly what you would have hoped for. I think on paper you've got one of the better lists. I think, you know, there's some fantastic players across the ground. How, how did you guys, we obviously saw, you know, the performance side of it with Darren Burgess and a few other bits and pieces with um, Goody giving a bit of insight as well. But I guess how did you guys approach the season? Are you, you know, are you, are you starting a whole lot of new tactics? You know, how is, how is all that working? Yeah, especially with the um, shortened quarters. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we tinkered with a few things over the preseason. Um, I think our <coughs> excuse me, um, no, no. yeah, our our defense probably as a whole team was probably let down a lot last year, and um, we've had had a pretty heavy focus on that this year. And I think a few like a few things to tinker that we um, tried to work on at the end of last season, and we're slowly building. And plus, new personnel to the team as well has changed a lot of the dynamic and. I think uh, having two speedy wingers now and has really helped the balance of the side and we're um, 
I think we're a lot, a lot. Um, we're sitting a lot better where we are now compared to last season in terms of I don't know, I guess game plan and the way we're going about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on that, with the with Tomlinson and Ed Langdon coming into the side, I mean, obviously, everyone would have been a little bit disappointed on uh, after round one. Um, how have they uh, overall though um, slid into the the Melbourne um, ethos? Uh, yeah. Well, as they're both terrific people. Uh, they fit in very well, um, already very well respected, and they're just great blokes. Um, yep. if I'm honest, and I think yeah, they, they they both bring something. So it was probably really it was really important we had um, two wingers with. Just say that was really the only thing you guys were lacking on paper in particular yeah. was some outside run. Yeah, you, you had obviously, well, arguably the the best. Well the best top ruckman in the comp um, and top two ruckman overall and had beasts in the middle that could win the hard ball and, mm. and, and get it. I mean, still one of the highest uh, hard um, hardball um, sides in the comp last year, just couldn't get it out on the on the run and, and often were caught short a little bit on the, on the rebound. But yeah, that's good to good to know that they've slotted in nice and, and nice and well because it can often be hard for two players, especially if they've played at other clubs for a fair while, to come into a new system and, and, and fit in. Yeah, and I think you know, in connection to that as well, like I, a lot of pressure. I think I'm sure you'll agree, Sam. Like a lot of pressure has been put on you know Clary and um, Petrarca and guys like this and. Those, you know, key mids, obviously Gorn's, you know, so good. But, I mean, you know, you've got to remember these guys are pretty young as well. Like, you've got a young a young team there. Like, I think having that outside run's probably going to improve the, the delivery inside 50, and that was probably consistent, we said last year. Because you guys, you don't want to get lost in the stats, but you guys are consistently winning the ball. It's just more the, the connection that at times, and it, it didn't seem like it was the running patterns or leading patterns, and you can tell us a bit about this from the forward line, but it didn't seem like that was so much the issue. It was more the outside pace. So... Yeah, that's good to hear that it's it's gelling. Yeah, definitely. It's something we definitely needed, and I think um, last year we we prided ourselves on our contest work, and I think we we executed that really well. But it's just sort of we lacked that outside run. We lacked probably that polish that we we needed. And as a as a forward line, we didn't we didn't work nearly as well as we would have hoped. And um, I think a, a contributor to that was probably the the use of the ball in in the middle of the ground, but. Yeah, we've put a massive effort on cleaning that up and they've definitely helped it for sure. And at the moment, um, pretty healthy list. Uh, not too many injuries. There might only be uh, three or four that are still probably out of the running for selection on for round two. And that plays a, a massive role, doesn't it? Um, if you've got stability on the playing list and you've got roughly the same 22 coming in every week and maybe one change here or there for management or a niggle or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. This is- it's amazing. I think the the eight weeks was a blessing in disguise for a lot of a lot of players. I think, mm. especially like Aaron Vandenberg and Harley Bennell, um, they're two players who can be so important for our team. And to see them come back fit, injury free, it's it puts a smile on our face. And yeah, um, we can't wait to see them up and running. And we really hope they can maintain that because they're going to be crucial come late in the year. And t- just talking on uh, excitement sh- machines, uh, Kaziah Pickett, mate, is is he like the next, uh, I'm going to brand him in part of the, the Rioli clan because he just comes across as one of those live wire forwards, really high pressure uh, tackler, but can like handful of touches can change the game. Is that the type of player he, he, he can be, like just on the very little that we've seen of him at AFL level so far? 
Yeah, definitely. I've I had to walk in with a bit of a limp because he jumped into my ribs and, and my hip trying to take a <laughs> hanger on me today. So you got to watch him um, when you float into the back of a pack because he can jump over you. Um, and you're not, and you're not yeah, a short bloke, mate. It's say, just under 200 no. centimetres. <laughs> uh, exactly right. So he's, um, he's alive. Boy. He's so exciting. Uh, I think he's such a – he's really come out of himself as, in terms of his personality. And, um, yeah, it's going to be some exciting moments for sure. And you saw it in – in glimpses in round one, absolutely. Um, with those few goals he kicked, you just uh, you know something exciting is going to happen when he goes around the ball, and we're very happy to have him on our team. Yeah, very exciting for uh, AFL lovers in, in general, but uh, the Melbourne faithful obviously uh, will get around around him if he continues to um, do that week in week out. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Just on Harley Bennell, I was going to ask. I mean, all, all you hear is he's going really well. Is he? Is the aim to play him? primarily forward will he spend a bit of time in the midfield as well he's obviously got so much pace if he gets up himself right what where are you guys thinking that'll work um yeah it's hard to say I think he's a very versatile player so mm. he can play forward or mid but uh, at the moment he's been playing in the midfield in training and he's okay he seems to be moving quite well so, so we'll have to wait and see I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to play him or what sort of the timeline timeline is for him but at the moment he's he's playing uh, training really well and it's um it's fantastic to see him actually fit and firing because he was down for so long and it was such a such a shame to see so to see him up and about is um yeah it's it's very good. And what about you, mate? What are you thinking? Sort of, I know obviously you're you know, young in your career and you've you know got plenty of football ahead of you, I'm sure. But where are you looking to go, kind of post football? You're looking at media or you want to get into the business world or what's what's kind of your passion? Yeah, so I um I recently switched to uni courses and about to start a a degree in um media and communications so yep. i like i like the media side of things um not so much in front of the camera more so behind the scenes um i do do a lot of little fun activities like with a mate like our backyard cricket uh, i don't know if you've heard of it but we um we do a few a few different things like yeah haven't you got a nick- packages haven't you got a nickname in that in that competition is it mittens or something for uh or uh, butterfingers or yeah. something uh, symbols. And, symbols. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I don't like that. No. <laughs> I've um yeah I've unfortunately copped the name symbols because I have dropped a few catches. But yeah, it's a yeah we just do like a few little things like that. It's it's sort of got me interested in doing um, production work and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what eventuates from that and um, hopefully you can yeah do something like that in the future. Nice one, mate. Oh, that sounds really good. And. Uh, Probably the second or third last question, and don't want to take you back there because round one was a bit of a shocker. But there's obviously been a big gap between rounds one and two for this season. Has anything changed as far as uh, post game analysis? Is has there been more emphasis uh, with the coaches since round one because of the the big gap um, and, and going a little bit deeper into? where things can change in the play and, and, and how your um, player movement can can uh, sort of be better placed so that obviously there's still a lot of drive off the halfback line for most, most teams uh, moving forward. Has there been more of that or has it sort of been kept a lid on and just said, look, these are the places where we've gone wrong, here's where we can improve just like a normal um, round one to round two scenario? Yeah, I think the big break definitely helped. I think speaking with Goody, he said he, he probably remembers the game off by heart. He's watched it so many times. Um, mm. So he's he's just been able to – I thought it's given him time to see what 
what's able to work and what we need to improve on. And as soon as we came back, there were changes because of what happened in round one. And I think it, it makes so much more sense now of, of what we were doing. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to see how we can act on that. And I think the longer break has definitely helped in terms of um, sort of game plan stuff. Yeah, because I think having a, having a win in that first round in retrospect now looks looked a lot better even more now looking back because you, you, know, you go into this break with a win rather than a... You did obviously play a very good side, but um, yeah, look, it, I, I, I think it could probably hold you in good stead even with a loss, to be honest. You'd learn some things pretty quick. Yeah. Um, as much as I'm sure it's a bit torturous for the coaching group, at least he's, he's probably picked out a few things and got to hang on. That Probably that element might not work and maybe if we try X, one. Um, yeah, for sure. One other one is Mr. Brayshaw. Is he okay? He's onion videos he's doing <laughs> online. This guy, what, what's is he? Is he all good? What's, what's going on with this uh, guy? Yeah, we, we were a touch worried about him early, but he's oh. found his fashion. Um, onions. He, uh, <laughs> so they've funny. got a thing. Him, he and Bailey Fritch and like, Charlie Spargo. They they love Barbie onions. They think okay. the taste is unbelievable. So yeah, right. he managed to. Yeah, find his passion and created a page, and it turns out there's a lot of Barbie onion lovers out there. So yeah, he's it's taken the world by storm, and he's um yeah he's I think he's got a new t-shirt line coming out. So wow, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. He must yeah. be shattered with Bunnings not doing the the sizzles at the moment. Has that really thrown him as well? No, yeah, that hurt him. That was a, that was tough <laughs> on him. We, that, was, that was a harsh we, moment. Yeah, but uh, no, he's he's got his own onions growing in his backyard now. So he's hoping for homegrown stuff in, in the coming. Coming to, uh, yeah, coming very, weeks, very, very easy things to grow, apparently. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever I attempted the old... Yeah, I've no, never yeah. attempted it, but... No, I'm doing it at the moment as well. Really? Um, so, <laughs> probably about three weeks away from getting my little my first little harvest and... Um, oh, you beauty. Yeah. You get a guest spot on his And get a guest spot. I can... Yeah, I can, yeah. yeah. Send him to you, mate. You can give it to him, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he'll be very interested, so I'll talk to him about it. Easy done. A uh, couple of yes. really quick ones. Yeah, go for it. Who, who do you think's the best team in the league right now? Who's the team that you think is just so polished across the whole line? Aside uh, from the days, of course. Yeah, yeah. Besides Melbourne, yeah. It's, I think watching West Coast in round one, because I was there watching in the stands, and I think they're so well balanced over the, across the whole field. Like Their spine is just so solid, and they've just got so many good players in, through the midfield, back line and forward line. They're just such a well-balanced team. They move the ball so well, so... They're definitely a high standard, and obviously Richmond have, have been so strong for so many years now. And I don't know, it's for me West Coast personally, but um, yeah, there's there's quite a few sides that are are in that mix because yeah, it's, it's a very high standard competition. Yeah, I think the seasons. Yeah, I mean it's pretty even, really. I think it's about as even as it's been for a while. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I off the top of my head, I won't mention. There's probably only two or three teams this year that I don't think can push for finals but obviously with this big layoff uh, of of no games that that could change pretty quickly as you as you mentioned having that big break to analyze in detail one game um, and look at uh, the the real minute changes that can happen that, that's a difference that's how d- find find the fine line between potentially winning more games and playing finals um, than, than not isn't it yeah yeah definitely it's um yeah it was a I think a lot of teams would find um, a lot of positives out of having such a long break. And as you said, there's going to be yeah a lot of teams making a lot of different changes. But yeah, it's going to be a very even season for sure. And uh, uh, um, listener question, um, are you a chance of winning the Coleman this year? I reckon you know who that question's from. 
and my chance to win the car. Yeah, that comes from oh, S. Bell. Yeah, I thought that might have been from S. Bell. <laughs> Look, I would love to say yes. Um, I'm hoping. So hopefully I can kick a few next weekend if I'm lucky enough to get selected and we'll go from there. But I'm not going to, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Good response. <laughs> all right mate we'll, we'll let you go thanks so much for your time we really appreciate it um, yeah. great to hear from you good to catch up albeit obviously with the laptop on the table hopefully we can catch up in person at some point but um, all the best mate and good luck and uh, yeah we can't wait to watch you back yeah the absolutely yeah obviously after a big, big training session uh, really appreciative of your time to, to j- jump on for the interview and hopefully we, yeah, we can do more throughout the year if you're up for it yeah absolutely i just want to say thanks for having me on guys it was, it was a pleasure pleasure to speak to you and um yeah open to chat whenever you guys need beautiful Anytime. sam all, right, all the best mate i hope you're there on around two next week bloody oath all right, all right. no worries guys. Cheers, See you later. catch you bud thanks mate uh, so hopefully you enjoyed uh that guys and it was great to finally get um sam uh on board we had been speaking to him for a little while it just didn't work out um before now and look forward to potentially doing um, more interviews with other players and hopefully Sam can come back um, sometime during the year as well. Yeah, that was great. I mean, like, he, he was really open. He was super nice dude and, you know, nothing was sort of off limits as well. So it was a pleasure, you know, to chat to a current player um, and not have any boundaries. It was really, really nice to chat to about a whole range of things. I thought he was really open and had some really interesting things to say. And, yeah, it's great to hear from someone that actually likes access um, yeah, that's happy for that, and we ha- we went into that a little bit, which was really cool. Um, yeah. We didn't, as you, if you've just listened to this episode, we didn't really go so much into quarantine. Um, we did a previous thing with Ed and Sam, so on uh, Beyond the Game TV, there'll be a series coming out called Beyond Quarantine, uh, where essentially he's talking to uh, athletes, but also you know industry people around how their industry has been affected by Corona. Um, so that was kind of why we didn't go so much into that as well. So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out on Beyond the Game TV, any of the Beyond the Game um, website, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, it'll be up there. But, um, yeah, that was why we didn't really go into it. It was more about the football, and I think they were two really good chats, so please check them. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, regardless, we don't know who we're going to have lined up um, throughout the year, but if there's certain sort of topical areas that you'd like us to discuss um, if and when we uh, have another player or manager or whatever, someone involved in AFL, just uh, send us an email or leave a leave a note um, or message or whatever post the case might be, post somewhere. it all. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll look to add that in when we do our next interview. And check out Hops to Home, hopstohome.com.au. We got our new pack this week. In there, I don't know if this is an ongoing thing, but in there is this new magazine called The Froth. Which, if you were going to write like write down like top names for a craft beer mag, that's got to take the list. It's pretty good. You it's got to be there. I read the froth. It's good. Sounds a bit dirty. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <all right>. doesn't. <laughs> I wasn't going there, but all right, you can make it like that. Yeah. Uh, all the best. Take all the care. best. Um, and footy's back next week, and I'm sure you're all excited just as we are. It is, and unless something outrageous happens, we will be back uh, after what is round two. Um, for a review, review and a preview quick of round three. Into three. Yeah, let's wait for the games, I think, at this stage, unless yeah. something insane happens. Yeah, we don't know um, the teams. as not, Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah, so it's so. just great to chat to Sam. Thanks very much to him again and yeah. all the best. Excellent, guys. Enjoy the week. Bye-bye.